Talk Radio with the best host in the business. Sports Talk Radio, every weekend night with Princess Cooper. Never had it so good radio now on 101.1. And it's 24-7, the world's best radio station. In this day and time, stereotypes are the false descriptions for all of humanity. James T. Deshay is the author of two great poetry books that attempt to describe life from a male perspective. It has been a common belief that men are unable to put into words their deepest feelings and spend most of their time focused on the surface of what life means. Thoughts, love, and reflections, and passion, desire, and contemplation take you on a journey that has very few travelers. Mr. Deshay has opened his heart and spirit up in ways that few have ever experienced. The depth of his poetry will have you reading his books and poems over and over again. You will find yourself using his passages to describe your own feelings to your family and friends. It is now time to put aside your thoughts and feelings related to the depth of men's thoughts and delve deeply into the words of James T. Deshay. Once again, he will put an end to your thoughts that men can't translate their heartfelt spirit into words. Both of these books will allow you to find comfort in the reality of the heart of men. You will spend hours trying to embrace the way men want to love and display their passion to the women they love. Don't be fooled by those books that create love through words of lust vulgarity, and unhealthy displays of sexual activities. You will discover the types of words that will allow you to rejoice in the future of what love truly means to men. Your book clubs and families will be able to discuss these words without fear. No one will have to leave the room. Both of these books can be purchased at jamestdeshay2.com and lulu.com. Feel free to reach out to the author at tlreflectionsjtd at gmail.com. This is James T. Deshay, the host of Talk, Love, and Reflections, brought to you by Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. We are here seven days a week, Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and Sunday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. We're here so that your voice can be heard loud and clear without disruption. You know, it's important to me to scour the country for stories that give us an opportunity to talk about real-life situations and discuss things that impact not only the lives, our lives, but the lives of others. It is also important for me to um, discuss stories that cross racial barriers, racial lines. We want to make sure that we are being even-handed when we talk about and discuss the kind of stories that truly show who we are as Americans and what it is that we want to emulate as a people, you know, we really want, as Americans, to be treated fairly, honestly, 
and according to rules and regulations. And we don't want people's biases to have an effect on the way we are treated by our government. And so it's important that when we go through these stories that we rationalize what it is to feel like being white, being black, being Hispanic, being a male, being a female, you want to be able to openly discuss how people are treated regardless of who their race is or regardless of who their gender is. And one of the things we expect out of our government and out of people who are policing us, we want them to be able to rationalize a situation and try to make it better than making it worse. And a lot of times when you give people power to make decisions over others, they misuse that power, and they become dominant over people rather than working situations out. And today we just want to talk about how we play a pivotal role in our lives and coming into situations and determining the law and making life better for people. You don't want to enter people's lives and create more disruption and more heartache. You're there to make choices and decisions related to circumstances and determine if you uh, a way to be a positive force situation. You should not be looking uh, to make an arrest under all circumstances. And so today we're going to talk about a story where a young boy elected uh, to not go to church and obviously his parents sending the van to pick up the children, and it's a normal situation. But in this particular situation, the driver of the van wasn't aware that they were, he was one child short. The brothers uh, didn't seek to tell him he was one child short. They just went to church. And the father, thinking all of the boys had gone to church, wasn't aware that one of his sons got out of the house and slipped and walked down the street. So you know a family who have a family of boys probably grow up trusting that family of boys to be able to walk down to the playground, walk around in their neighborhood, without there being any major issues or problems. So as a father and as a man and as a person who was once a child, I could recognize his father feeling comfortable that his child got on the bus, on the van to go to church, and then letting his guard down. So now when the police officers find this boy in a store, and they start to question him, 
they need to realize that questioning him may cause him to to be in fear of being caught or being punished because he didn't go where he was supposed to go and might not right away want to take uh, the police back to his father because of what he has done. These are the kinds of things we expect police officers uh, to undo. But what happened was somehow this situation got escalated to the point that the father got arrested. He lost his job. And thank God he found another job, but these police officers put a family in a worse situation because of the decision that they made. So we just want to talk about how do you cope, you know, how do you bring common sense to the job? You know, Nate, you uh, you were just a, few, uh, a week or so ago on um, a jury duty. And I know they asked you to bring your common sense to the situation. So why is it that we can't ask police officers to bring their common sense to a situation and do some figuring out of how to handle the problem, putting people in a worse situation than the one that they're in? Good evening, Jeff. Good evening, everybody. And, you know, you, you you make a very valid point and everything. And what police officers are, they're the first responders, uh, most people first responders of justice and everything. And a lot of those uh, police officers, and it's, it's not all of them, not, not all of them, a lot of them not about using common sense. A lot of them just, some, some of them, there are certain ones that's just about using their authority. You know, they confuse their authority with right and wrong and everything like that. One thing I learned in the, uh, in the military, especially when I got into leadership, especially when I got to, uh, in uh, other countries, my I wanted it to de-escalate the situation before I escalate the situation and everything. But a lot of times these police officers uh, want to escalate the situation. You know, they want to feel like, you know, they they have to question question you and everything like that. And and my, my, my thing is, is that, okay, when you step into somebody, why, why are you stepping to them? What are you trying to find out? Are you trying to legitimately find out what they're doing for for uh, for for the sake of right and wrong, or are you just looking for something to do? Are you just looking for somebody to mess with? Or are you just trying to justify what you're doing because you know you're in the wrong doing it? So there's 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 a question of are you doing the right thing for the right reason? Are you being professional and everything? And the thing about it is is that these police officers are not held to accountability. The only reason why a lot of this stuff is getting 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 on airtime now because we're putting it on airtime. But think about it, this has been going on for years and years and years and years, and they hide behind that badge. You know, like I said again, it's not all of them. But when I was on jury duty, you know, I had to I, I use common sense. First thing that came to my mind is, okay, this man's facing at least ten years. I want to see if anything I can do to uh, see that he don't get the ten years because you know, ten years is a long time. So we had to sit down and listen to every single thing. We listened to both sides, and we made a determination. I don't think a lot of these times these police officers don't listen to both sides. I think their minds are I've already been made up when they get on the scene, what they're going to do, how they're going to do it, and that's why a lot of these things turn and uh, turn into an escalation of force that it should not turn there because they already have their minds made up, 
and then they look at a certain direction that they want to go because they're not trying to hear the whole side of the story. They would just take the time and just just listen to the story, listen to both sides, then, you know, then make a determination what's the next course of action. But a lot of these uh, officers already done made up in their mind what they're going to do, and some are hoping that you, 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 you put up some resistance. Put up some resistance. You have someone who just come to work for that high, for that thrill, because they, they, they. That's what they, they, they high junkies. You know, they're looking for that thrill. They didn't want to see who can get the most arrests and stuff like that. I guarantee if we go behind. If we was to fly on the wall, man, I guarantee we'll really be appalled at the stories that we hear and everything. How many things they have gotten, how they have gotten away with, and everything. They're not doing enough. Um to do to hold these police officers accountable. There's not enough being done. These are the things that we need to have more time meetings on, put it on TV more, and put them on the spot more and everything. This man lost his job because the police officer made, 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 made a decision that could have been better. But this man, but, but the police officer still got his job. Where's the fair to say that? So I think there need to be not just more accountability, but at the same time, uh, supervisors need to be held more accountable for their officers too. Not just the officer itself, but the supervisor, the chain of command needs to be held accountable. If the officer get in trouble, let the chain of command get in trouble too as well. Thank you, James. Yeah, it is amazing to me that you know we people to, to use simple judgment when it comes to law, law laws to people. Just like Knight they said when a person is going to jail or may possibly go to jail, you want to side on his innocence first until he's proven guilty. And police officers need to not disrupt a family or cost a family their lifestyle when they're doing their job. In this specific case, the children came back from church and it was an easy way to understand that this boy should have been with his brother. And somehow or another, he decided to do something different and not disrupt the family even more by taking the father to jail. So, D, you know, it is, there's some people who just cannot handle an easy call that they're just not in the business uh, to serve chaos. Well, good evening, everybody. Uh, I hope I get a chance to respond, James. I'm about to go through a blackout. Um, uh, you know, when I first heard you open up the statement, uh, uh, it reminds me of uh, how I would probably try to act if I was elected king or a monarch of a country, um, I would try to spread uh, the will, uh, the goodwill amongst, amongst the people uh, to obtain a high popularity. Uh, I would make sure that my law enforcement was were humane in their actions. Uh, I think I would act a lot like uh, Barack Obama did. I think he, uh, that was pretty much his, his attitude about things when he was president. <laughs> but uh, it seems like, uh, you know, there used to be a time when law enforcement uh, would come up on the situation. 
uh, they would separate the two subjects and get both the stories and try to ascertain a better outcome. Uh, but these days, uh, it seems like it's quicker to pull the gun or to pull the stick and want to be the judge and executioner all at the same time. And they used to be a real ridicule. But uh, it seems like it's almost the norm now, and there's not much said about it by people of influence, like the church, uh, the governors, the mayors of these cities. Uh, they did not come down and say much about it like they should. Thank you. Uh, Joyce, you know that uh, we on this show, the majority of us, have a Christian type background and we have heard the stories over and over again about how King Solomon uh made a determination on who child uh when two women were in disagreement about whose child it was that he um uh, decided he was gonna split the child in half, knowing or being wise enough to understand that the mother of that child would rather see that child live than have that child die. Why is it we can't expect the same kind of wisdom out of some of these police officers who are going out every day and interacting with people, recognizing that little boys get lost all the time and they do things they're not supposed to do, and that you see a group of boys coming from church, and then one boy chose not to do it, and then end up arresting the father and he losing his job, when you could simply understood what the situation was and allow that father to, to do whatever punishment he needed to his son uh, to rectify the situation. Well, wow, that, that's that's some heavy. That's a heavy situation. Um, a lot of people I fought in that situation. Uh, the policeman, not only to me, is the father's employer. Uh, if he's a good worker and he's substantial on the job, there would be no reason why that the employer should not stood behind the father, particularly since he knows that what his plight is with having so many children. For him to, to make him lose his job or put him in a vulnerable situation, well, that means to me that not only did the policeman at fault, the system itself failed him, and his employer failed him as well. Now, if it was a situation where the policeman turned him over to uh, uh, the, uh, uh, the welfare department and let them make the choice, uh, that I think that's how protocol calls as far as uh, when kids are separated, you know, get lost or whatever. So I think that the format of, uh, of what happened from what you're saying did not uh, happen the way that it should have been. So the system failed him, and to me personally, I think his employer failed him as well. So it should be some type of recourse that he can go back on his employees for not upholding him when he didn't uh, under the justification that he should not have been Incarcerated anyway. Yeah, you bring up a, a you bring up an important um, point, Joyce, because if he felt like this father was somewhat um, 
somewhat of a problem and he endangered his children, he could have called child welfare and they could have did more of a research on the family without him going to jail. Jail should really be a last result when it comes to uh, to individuals because you need to know that there's a lot of harm that takes place to a person when he gets locked up. You have to then deal with you don't know what his financial situation is. You don't know how long he's going to be in jail. You don't know how detrimental that's going to be to the family. So you really need to uh, think about whether or not that is the true answer. And like you said, calling child welfare may have been a better point so they can sit down with the family and discuss what kind of things that the father needs to do to make sure that his children are where he thinks they are. And then again, I mean, I want to um, give the father kudos for making sure that his children go to church, for being a part of a a group uh, that makes sure that people pick his children up to go to church, to make them better human beings. We talk about that all the time, about what steps parents need to do uh, to make their children more humane. And here this person is doing that, and yet he still gets punished. So, Andre, we are dealing with this situation, and people parenting their children, and we know that children get lost. It is it's not every time a child gets lost does not mean that a parent is uh, not doing their job. Well, I would venture to say that the the response was the fact that this particular officer uh, felt that he should use authority, and he may not necessarily have viewed um, again the the family dynamics of a black family as important as he may have another family. But he had several different options, a whole lot of different options, but it sounded like no real discussion or communication was uh, taken, at least not at the level of value. So um, some very good components, like Joy said, there's so many dynamics to this, um, but it goes back to the individuals that we have in place that are allowed to take certain a- actions without any significant consequences. And when they see others getting away with such behavior, then that gives them the green card or the pass card to do the same without any concern. Uh, Regina, I am so glad to see that you're on today because, again, you know, uh, anytime is you're dealing with children, I like your your insight because you are on the front lines working with elementary school children. And here again, let me just tell the story and make sure everybody's fully aware of what's going on. A man was spending time with his kids, and the church van pulled up to his house, uh, and the boys decided, you know, went inside to get dressed to go to church. One of the boys decided that he wasn't going, uh, but the father assumed everybody got on the church van and went to church. Uh, the little boy decided he was going to go down the street and play with his friends and and um, 
you know, just have a free day. And he ended up at a store where nobody was aware of where his parents were, and uh, the police were called. And when the police were called, you know, I'm surmising that the little boy became afraid because now he knows his daddy's going to find out that he didn't go where he was supposed to go. And he wasn't ready, really ready uh, to go back home and face the music. Oh, so at any point, the boys finally got back home. And by that time, the other boys are getting back from church. And we don't really know what happened or what took place between the police officer and the man. But at any point, the police officer ended up taking the boy, taking the man to jail. His job, he worked at McDonald's, the job found out, and they fired him. Now, subsequently, the man found another job. But what we're talking about today is why can't we ask our officers to do some things that are make common sense? That why would you, your first thought be to disrupt a family, knowing the father is a part of the breadwinner, and recognize sometimes children do things that are not necessarily uh, in the best interest of themselves, and the parents don't know. Children do get lost, and we need to have people who are in place who can recognize, what do I do that's in the best interest? Good evening. Um, thought you should have this conversation because um, I was just sending an email regarding the police um, ineffectiveness here. And one thing that that I have come to, to, to believe is that everybody put all, all of these officers put on the blue uniforms, they attached the badge to their uniform and, you know, all the formalities. Underneath that uniform sits a human being. And each human being was raised differently. They were taught to think. Their way of thinking was taught by the environment in which they were raised. And depending on what their thought process is depends on their thought process and how they react depends on what their upbringing was. Some, one police officer may have handled that totally different. Why this one chose to disrupt the family, while, why this one chose not to talk to the child and tell him how he could possibly have ruined the, uh, his daddy's job, it, it un, it, I don't I don't know why. Why he didn't, why this officer or these officers didn't do that. But it depends on, on the on the um you know, it depends on the individual officers and their and the way they they think. But you you and I both know 
and I'm going to go back up here to D. D, we are aware of many times here in Florida, um, parents weren't paying attention, and an alligator grabbed their child. Uh, that happened a couple of years, a few years ago. We're aware of the child that fell into the gorilla enclosure, and uh, the ended up the, the they had to kill the gorilla. You know, we are aware that children are, are who are right with their parents sometimes get away and endanger themselves. And uh, in each one of those cases, neither one of those parents were arrested. So, you know, it is interesting to me that children get lost, uh, endanger themselves by going places that they shouldn't go, and the first response should not be to make the situation even worse by arresting the parents. She All might right, be in that blackout zone. Are you back with me, D? I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you. Okay. Very good. Look, uh, I'm in agreement with uh, Miss Regina. Um, and to say that a lot of it seems to be uh, more prevalent now and more obvious now that the action of these uh, individuals uh, is somewhat based on their background and their upbringing. Uh, It used to be a time where uh, police officers would pride themselves on the good deeds. would pride themselves on the level of expertise they would use in negotiating a better outcome and a safe outcome. Um, but now, um, you know, when, it, when we look at that case where the 90-pound school teacher was stopped and, 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 and she was slow to put her leg back in the car, and the 300-pound officer grabbed her and judo throw her to the ground. And so when the backup officer uh, showed up, and she's already in handcuffs now, they high-fiving one another. Like, you know, you got your points for the day, didn't you, man? You know, and so uh, the the expectation of, um, of, of marriage, Seems to have lowered the standards of have lowered, and and so now you don't have to work hard to get recognition uh, when it comes down to these law enforcement officers. Um, you know when when Pastor Smith was an officer and an undercover agent, uh, he explains that he went far and beyond the call of duty to try and uh, have everybody uh, to have a, a good outcome and for him to get home safely. But now it seems uh, for the past few years now that, uh, you know, your, 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 your high marriage is, um, is through um, violence and, and, and calamity. So, um, you know, I, 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 I blame the, the supervision of these departments. Uh, they seem to be way out of touch 
again, I, I blame the mayor of these towns. And like Ms. Audrey used to always say, you know, uh, uh, the change that we're looking for starts on a local level. So uh, when we uh, have opportunity to influence uh, the outcome of voters in these towns, uh, in our towns, uh, we should raise these points that, you know, we want better treatment for our citizens and our children. And I think that's a good starting place. Thanks. Uh, Nate, you are dealing with trying to help your son understand how to interact with police officers. But even with that, it should not be wrong for us to appreciate or acquire or require police officers not to seek to arrest people first and not use their common sense when interacting with situations that might not require incarceration. And you're right. You know, uh, when you was talking, I was thinking about all the time. All the times when um, I went to different countries, um, when the armies have been to different countries, and they always give us a speech: "Don't do anything to make this uh, make that uniform look bad. Use your common sense. Use better discretion. You know, do uh, uh, if you don't know if you don't know, go to go to your chain of command and, and get the information. And I feel like that's what needs to happen. And with the, with the police officers, you know, um, uh, with the, with the chain of command, and everything, uh, making sure that these uh, that that first of all. Um, that they live up to the to the model of serve and protect. A lot of these police officers nowadays, they just have a police mindset. They want to police the people instead of serve the people. If you change your mindset to want to serve the people, then you're not going to go out there and, and try to first thing come to your mind is arrest somebody. A lot of these guys come on the same to or want want to arrest somebody like that like like there's a notch in your belt. But when I was in the military, they held, held us to a, a, a to a different standard. They say, hey, before you get in trouble, for you if you in a situation that you don't know anything about. Call hires, get guidance. They don't do that. They they don't call. They call for backup. They don't call for guidance. And that's and that's and that's what needs to stop. Stop calling for backup. Let's call for guidance. Get your leadership out there. If you don't, if you're not for sure, you can make that judgment call. Get a, get your corporal out there. Get your sergeant. Get your lieutenant out there. Get somebody out of the food chain to help make that uh, on that call and everything like that. Hold the chain of command responsible too. And like you said, hold the mayor responsible too because. Because the way with the way the way the way the uniform acts is come from the leadership side of from from the higher ups and everything. If the higher ups got a bad attitude, it's gonna trigger down to the uh to the to the to the, to the ground pounders and everything like that. And that's why I tell my son, introduce yourself. Let let them know who you are and everything like that. And that way you could at least be on some type of name basis with them. That way if you don't have any type of interaction with them. Hopefully it could be a positive one. Even if you even if you're in a bit of an altercation, they know who you are. Instead of going by what your record says who you are. And that's the thing about it is too. They don't come to the situation to de escalate. A lot of these officers come on the scene to escalate and everything like that. And which is and it goes back into training. They need to be retrained. Uh somebody that said something like that, uh how how some training with especially when it comes to dealing with African American, African American family, understand our culture is different and everything. So yes, there's a lot of things that can be done and everything, but until you start uh dealing with these mayors and these chiefs and these sheriffs and everything like that and holding them accountable and firing their behind, 
nothing's going to change, but I agree with you 100%. We, they need, they need, need to use common sense when they jump on these scenes because this is how people get shot. This is how people get hurt because they come with aggression. Let aggression and going to jail, like you said, be the last resort. Let the first resort is just like, you know, we could take a picture for the Andy Griffith show, even though it was a show, but Andy always see the peaceful side. And, and, and for a better outcome, if he ever had to put somebody in jail, it was his last resort, and I think that's what we need to go back to. Thank you. Uh, Joyce, I spent uh, 10 years working at the jail, and one of the things the boys used to say to me all the time was that police officers felt like jail was a, uh, being arrested was the first uh, type of punishment. They would tell them, uh, you might beat the, the charge, but you won't beat the ride. And so that shares, lets us know that there's some officers out there who are thinking that they're the ones who should decide the punishment. Uh, you should only arrest people when there's a, a need and not just do it because you have the power to do it. Are you there, Joyce? That's true, and that's why I keep indicating what we need to start doing to try to, to flip the script by by demanding that officers that come into our community would be of color. Those are the ones, to me, would have more compassion, who can understand us as a people, because you sending anyone else in there, no, they they care less about. They there to do a job, and that job is to them is to lock you up. But when you have someone of your nature who understand your plight, who can sympathize and be willing to listen, that's why we gotta start demanding that we have black officers to come into these black communities when you make a phone call. You call in the police department. Can I get a black officer out to my community? The address is blank blank yeah. blank. We got to start right, demanding. Right who we want to come out to validate, to make everything right in our community. A white man can't do that. A white officer can't do that. So you're not going to find a lot of black policemen going out in white folks' neighborhoods calling themselves administering the law. It's not going to work that way. So we need to let them stay in their neighborhood where they know their people, they understand their situation, where they're going to be more lenient and have officers of color. And you can't tell me we don't have enough on force. We have enough on force. And our police, dark uh, Afro-American black officers should start demanding to be in our neighborhood. This is when they go on the beat. That's what they should be putting in for. I want right. to be around my people. I want to be able to make a difference. That's what we need to start demanding. We cannot wait on, on justice to be right because it's never going to be right. That's why we need to step up and we need to speak up. Thank you. James, may I say something? Andre, um, go oh, ahead. I really appreciate that. This is Regina. I really appreciate that that last comment. And I'm actually going to ask our um, chief of police, here in Columbia, if I can, if that is a request that can be made, and um, you know the situation that I'm writing about now, 
we had, I called for police officers because there was a prostitute who was drug addicted, her John, and a um, drug dealer all on a property that was posted no trespassing. And after it took them like four, um, 20 minutes to get there, 20 to 30 minutes to get there, it was four, four or five cars. And as I watched, not one African-American police officer, not one. Therefore, we did not get the solution that we were seeking in that community. They all walked. They, all of the, the criminals, they walked. The officer told me he made arrests. Didn't know I was sitting there on the porch watching. He'd actually made field arrests and released them to go. And my question is, had we been in a Caucasian community, would that have been the same ending result? So it's either they're so lenient that they don't care because it's just this type of community, or they're overzealous and and treating these people any kind of way. Find a, a happy medium. And, you know, I want to just share with everyone uh, as we go to Audrey. Um, Audrey, um, it seems like some of them are incapable of just slowing themselves down and making a decision that is best for everybody involved. There was a situation when I was on the police review board here in Orlando where a a child an autistic child was taught how to catch the bus from their job. And they missed the bus, the connecting bus, and they just refused to leave the bus terminal uh, because they didn't know where to go. Mm. The police officers drove by, demanded that they leave the bus terminal because after a certain hour it was trespassing. And when he came back, the person was still there. And at that point, he arrested the person and took them to jail. Now, when that child came to our meeting uh, to discuss her uh, report that she turned in or her parents turned in on the police, it was so easy to see that that child did not have uh, her full faculty. So if it was so easy to us, why couldn't it have been easy to him and recognize that he needed to do something different than just take her to jail? I think that was the choice that the person made, and I disagree that the fact that um, officers are incapable of taking the time to slow down our officers have to take, um, you know, certain exams. They have to have certain qualifications. So it's not that they are not capable. It's more so that they're unwilling, and that's where the choices come and how they make. And uh, someone said earlier, based on previous experiences, it's what we all bring to the table every time we are making a choice. But um, if you say that it was obvious from appearances for whatever reasons, 
um, again, that person, I would think, uh, felt that they were empowered to do so. They chose the choice that they made and how they responded to it um, without being able to really uh, serve that particular uh, um neighbor in essence because we all working in each other neighbors and I agree with Joyce and I'm so glad that Regina is going to actually take some action on it and see in our specific communities in our neighborhoods and our hoods um, if indeed we specify certain uh, officers to come um, that request would be honored but James it was purely that person's hey, you know, choice um, they made that choice they it's not that they weren't capable of it they decided not to And, and Andre, you bring, um, make a good point, as well as Regina, if they're required in certain circumstances uh, to ask a woman to come on the scene uh, to pat the woman down or to do a um, search, why then can't we, under certain circumstances, be able to ask a black officer to come on the scene uh, to do a little uh, more investigating. We do that when the person can't speak English as well, Regina. So why can't we do it on the basis of race? Well, you know, I tell you, you all ask, you give me these questions, and because I have a relationship with our police chief here in Columbia, um, I will ask him. And I will, it may take take a week for me to get back to you all with this answer. But, um, you know, our, our city has been nationally recognized for <clears throat> um, community policing. But what has happened here. I'm not sure if it's happened around the, the nation, but I know here we have a critical shortage of police officers. And it's as if some of them may think, well, you know, it's not a lot of us. Nobody's running to get our jobs anyway. So uh, what you going to do, fire me? You know, kind of chuckle. Also, um, a lot of our officers get great training here in Columbia, and as soon as they get that training, then they move to a different police department in a neighboring county. So I'm just wondering if I'm just wondering if we sort of handle police officer uh reports or or you know, when you report something they've done, if we handle them with kit gloves because we're afraid that we're gonna continue to lose them. But I'll certainly ask our chief if any of these things that we're talking about is possible. But certainly we we know that um, police departments across the country recognize that they should use, have women on the scene when they're dealing with a woman, and especially a woman that needs to be um, patted down. So that the woman does not then put in a report that she was groped or uh, touched in an inappropriate way. So, uh, Nate, 
it is not unreasonable. It, it doesn't seem to be unreasonable to ask that because of some of the ethnic differences that maybe a black officer come on the scene. No, it's not. And, you know, and and, and, and I, it's, it's, this shouldn't even be a big issue at it because when I worked at Bright House, a lot of times when they ask for uh, cable technicians to come to the house, they ask, they they would tell the, uh, um, uh, the person who's taking the call, can the person come to the house be white or a certain or, or a certain ethnicity group? What? So this has been going on. Yeah, I that, when I worked at Bright House, man, they they would tell us straight, uh, uh, you can't go on that call because they're requesting uh, a white uh, uh, technician. <laughs> so, so hey, that was fine. I didn't want to go anyway. So that's cool. But but the thing about it is, if they can do that at that level, why we can't request um, somebody who who look like us, sound like us, and understand us, and everything like that? Because that was part of the reason why we, that's the, that's what we did in Iraq when we went to these neighborhoods in Iraq. We we didn't just take the interpreter stuff uh, so we can interpret the language and everything, but we also were trying to win their hearts and minds by bringing our familiar faces into their neighborhoods so they will be able to talk to the um, talk to the Iraqis and be friends at the same time. So that, I I I definitely don't see a problem with that because number one, I want to see enough of us in uniform and everything like that. I want I want to see enough of us where I feel comfortable that the scales is balanced and everything, but because you never go walk in my shoes, and you don't understand what I come. You're not gonna understand me. You're not gonna understand why I'm the way I am on certain things like that. Now, not to say that bringing a uh, uh, a black officer in, into our community is a get out of jail free pass. If you do wrong, yes, you should be dealt with. But at the same time, it, it'd be a lot less of this foolish stuff and everything like that. And the thing that bothers me most about it, they put millions and millions of dollars in the overseas in these other countries to take care of these raggedy neighborhoods in other countries that have nothing to do with us. But they don't want to take the time to acknowledge the things that's going on here and it's broad daylight and they, they come up with the same thing. Oh, this is an investigation. How long does it take to investigate something? How long does it take to put your hand in the fire before you realize it's burnt? We need to just hold them uh, more accountable for that. And, and when it comes to election times, to stop firing people. We have the ability to fire people by our votes and stuff like that. And we need to help hold that. And everything like that, because the thing about it is, if we don't do nothing about it now, it's going to keep on going. So, yes, I implore the uh, the idea of that bringing in, uh, requesting a black officer and everything like that. Matter of fact, if next time I call the police, off, police I'm, I'm, I'm going to request that, because I don't know what's coming to my house. I don't know what kind of day you don't have. But at the same time, y'all want me to be a professional soldier when I want overseas. Y'all want me to represent the United States, not embarrassing the United States. And it should be the same standard and the same policies with the police or with the police officers when they come to our communities. Thank you, sir. Uh, Joyce, you know, um, you know, we can suggest that this is reasonable, but you know that the powers to be are going to say that they don't have enough uh, black officers uh, to be able to send them on specific calls and uh, and that their white officers uh, need to be uh, trained properly and to deal with the same circumstances. I, I don't think that would be an issue if we start requesting to have a minority. To be honest with you, have the white officers, they'd be glad that you did request them. 
<laughs> to be honest with you. And then if they have to come by, you ask them, could they be a compliment? If they, they have to send a white officer, you ask them, could you uh, could he be a compliment by a black officer? You feel more comfortable. You start, we have to start speaking up and, and demanding and start insisting on what it is that we want. That's what yes. we have to do. We have to start making the stand and start. If we waiting on them to do the right thing, it'll never happen. We're seeing it right. every day. It'll never happen. So we need to talk with intelligence, ask, because I tell you what, if you deal with them in an intelligent manner, they figure that, oh, you are different. You're different than the other one. So, therefore, they're going to give you a different type of respect. So, this is what yep. we need to do. We need to turn on that thinking switch. And when we deal with them, we have to deal with them with authority, let them know that you got common sense. And don't be afraid to question them. Ask questions. Uh, ask a question in a minute. Yeah. And when you ask questions, you you gaining their respect because then they know that, hey, she's thinking on her feet. You see? So we're going to have to start doing what we can do better. We can do better. And this is what yeah. needs to be taught in the churches. My God. The, the, you know, our ministers and stuff, they need to step up. Because when we was growing up, we used to, they used to tell us what they wanted us to do as a community, what we need to do. We got the band, band this week. This is what we're going to concentrate on. We need to do that. And we need to start visiting our church and, 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 and making statements and let them know that, you know, uh, we, we need to, as a community, I suggest a blank, 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 but run it by the by the minister. Let him do it. To do, we need we looking for directions. That's what we need to do. We need to go back to our minister and say we need we're seeking for direction in our community. What can we do as a whole to make our community strong? We need to start meeting, thinking about it, and we work together. And what we can do is start concentrating on one thing. What we're gonna concentrate on for the week. This week, if we have to have a policeman in our community, we need to call and request a black policeman to come in my community. Heads right. up. That's what we need to do. Heads up. Because I tell you what, that white policeman, if we tell him that we want a black one, do you really think he's going to argue about coming out here? Hell no. <laughs> he's going to be so glad he ain't going to know what to do. Who's going to be scared is the brother. Because he want to know what's up. Why are you sending me? What's up? We have to, we have to, and you know I'm right. You know I'm right. So we have to school him when he gets to the community. Hey, brother, the reason why I asked you is because black lives matter, and I know that you're a brother who can understand. We got to break it down, and we got to get his mind to thinking right. Hello. That's what we are, and that's what the type of society uh, we're living in. Andre, you had the experience of being a citizen uh, um, that went department. What What are your thoughts related to your experience and whether or not uh, it, it seemed that the, your interaction was a positive one? Uh, my interaction was a positive one, and I think Joyce is directly on point, and you hold them accountable. And, you know, they give all these great speeches. We want to try to uh, represent in our community. We want this diversity and inclusion training. We want sensitivity training. But, you know, if indeed they say that, you know, we do not have enough uh, black officers to respond to, then the next question is, well, what are you doing about that? 
well, what are you doing to bring on more black officers? And, you know, so you don't give them an excuse out because for every question or concern that they may have, we should have a, a requirement of, well, what are you going to do about it? If that's, if that's your issue, then what are you doing about it to correct it? And, um, you know, I say hold them all accountable for what they are speaking, whether it's in uh, um, citizens' academies or uh, police advisory board. They talk it, but make them walk it, and that's holding them accountable. And I really like the idea of Joyce of having a, a focus of um, – you know, a timeline associated with a focus, everybody engaged and understand the reason why. Um, we have to start making some changes in if we continue to do what we've always done, we will not get a different result. So this is something that we can do. And uh, while Regina has made the comment and commitment to reach out, that's in the area in which she lives, then our, now our need is let us speak out too in our communities and see, you know, what is it that we can do to make sure that that same is occurring in our area. So then that's at least, what, three or four different states that's impacted? And and I will, I know a few police officers, and maybe I can get somebody on to answer some questions, and uh, that will be a good place to start as well. So I look into that uh, uh, this weekend, and if I can't do it by Friday, we'll Hopefully we can do it the first of uh, next week. Uh, get an active officer online uh, to talk about some of the issues. Tomorrow's Friday, James. Are uh, we going to take it? Huh? I said tomorrow's Friday. If you right. said by Friday, tomorrow is Friday. Right. I was thinking maybe if I called in the morning that maybe I could get somebody in the afternoon. If not, maybe the first of next week. Uh, let me uh, let's take a short break and come back and give everyone an opportunity to have their final say.
I heard was uh, Regina has a good relationship already with uh, police um, officer in her area, so she's going to do that. And then the second one, before we start reaching out in our community, James, you identified an opportunity to have an officer to come and talk to us. And while they may not be able to answer the question in our specific area, it will at least they give us an idea of what um, questions we may encounter when we speak to them. So uh, it was an excellent dialogue, and it really seems like um, we have an opportunity to make a difference. Thank you so much. Uh, uh, George, you're... Uh, I would just like to piggyback on what Regina and Audrey said. And not only that, uh, Regina, you inspire us also because uh, what is what, according to what the results are going to be and the information that we gather from the police officer and the information that what you bring back to the table, we can take this information to our black leaders in our communities and start their light bulbs to come on yes. so they can have a different yes. approach. This is beautiful. You have no idea yeah. what we've done here. Actually, we, yeah. we, we, we've, struck, we've struck a note on some stuff that we can move so powerful within our the community because when you take it to the, the black leaders, what we're doing is turning on their light bulbs. Oh, my, we've done something really beautiful here today. So I just feel so good. So it, it just take all of us. It's, it's just like that village. It take all of us expounding and just putting our thoughts out there. A lot of times I'd be thinking that I'm way off, you know what I mean? But I, it's, my mind just thinks uh-uh. about certain things. Outside you're, that you're, box, not, you know. you're not way off at you're not way at all of you give us, you're so creative, and that's part of the gift that you have, and you bring that yeah. to us because you you bring out ideas that we haven't thought of, but when you articulate uh-huh. it, we say, oh, yeah, why don't we think about that? Because it's excellent, and it's not only brainstorming that you have, you have good, solid action items, and to me, those are... That's empowering, and I think I think everybody everybody brings something to the table. I mean, D, uh, his input, his experience. I mean, how he break it down, Nate, uh, how he he's just straight up with it, and uh, Ms. Cheryl always reminding us, no matter what we're doing, we can always do more. Um, it, it's a power. Today was absolutely just wonderful. It was. It was. Yes. I want to, as, as always, continue to thank you all for your support, being here to, to to discuss these issues and allow our word to go forth so that people can uh, embrace and incorporate the kinds of things that we're discussing. I thank you all so much, and I'll see you tomorrow at 6 p.m. Eastern Time on Thoughts, Love, and Reflection. Help your children And don't let them fall By the side of the road And teach them To love one another Oh,
Lift up our hearts. 